Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and thanks for joining The Brian Buffini Show. Really excited to be with you today. For many of you tuning in, it'll be your first exposure to my work or what I do or what I have done. We're here to explore, as we've talked about, the mindsets and motivation and methodologies of success. One of the things you'll find as a hallmark of our show is that we're all about experience and insight. I won't ever have a guest on here who hasn't done it, practiced it, and lived it, whatever they're teaching, whatever they're talking about. We live in a world today where... You can write a book in three weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks. You can have an opinion. You can be uh, doing a blog. And and yet nobody seems to ask anymore, what have you done? Where have you been? What are your experiences? How do we know your valuable opinion is valuable? So for me, I'm all about what have you done and where have you been and speaking from a place of experience. And with that in mind, I want to share with you, for those of you who are new to me and, and our program, a little bit about myself. If you've listened closely, you'll hear the, the faint lilt of a Dublin accent. I grew up in Dublin, one of six kids, George and Therese Buffini. My dad is a fifth-generation painter and decorator on the south side of Dublin. And uh, my mother, who was my inspiration and still is to this day, they're both uh, 85 years of age, and they've been married for 59 years. And actually, they've lived in the same house that whole time. When one of five boys and one girl, my sister Louise... She is the oldest, and she was the boss, and uh, I'm the number four kid in the family. We grew up a family of house painters. We didn't have a lot of resources, uh, but we had a lot of love. That's the key. I emigrated to America in 1986, and the classic American rags to riches story. I came with 92 bucks and a, a duffel bag. actually didn't intend to live in America, didn't intend to stay here, had plans to go back to Ireland, but I got in a pretty serious motorcycle accident. And I was in and out of hospital for almost two years, 13 surgeries, owed over a quarter of a million dollars in bills. So I had to kind of stay here. They put rods and screws in my leg and things like that. And so I had to work my way out of being in debt. And during that time, met a girl. Met a girl who was on the U.S. Olympic team uh, for volleyball. Her name was Beverly. And we've been married since 1990. We have six kids of our own, three boys and three girls. And so uh, during this time, in debt as a kid, had to find my way out of debt. And that was when I not only started working hard, but I started being exposed to what is very prevalent in America and not as prevalent around the world was this whole genre of personal growth and development. And I started going to seminars and buying books and listening to cassettes and then CDs. And over time, I became a student of success, a voracious student. I had a lot of needs, and I was uh, up the creek without a paddle, as we say at home. And I managed to pay my debts off within just uh, three years. Within three years after that, uh, in the real estate business, I became a millionaire and then became an investor in real estate. And as that progressed along, I was asked to do more and more talks. Would you come and share how you've been so successful? And I did that, and I did that for a couple of years, and I kind of donated a couple of days a month. And um, the next thing you know, I found out I had a bit of a 
a knack for speaking from stage. So I started uh, in 1995 a company called Buffini and Company, which was originally called Providence, to share the methodologies I had developed for my real estate career. And that blossomed. And over the past 20 plus years, we've trained 3 million people in 37 countries. And it started out being mostly focused on the real estate industry and then the mortgage industry. But today, Buffini and Company coaches and trains 43 different types of businesses. And we've become the largest business coaching company in America. So your classic rags to riches story, but the core of that rags to riches story was a commitment and a voracious desire to grow. And I still have that today. This show, this podcast, is we built a, a pretty neat studio here in Carlsbad. And I still have that voracious desire to grow. I'm still just learning. I have a, a sign behind me, a nice plaque that says, Ancaro Imparo, which is from Michelangelo, which says, I'm still learning. And that was the quote attributed to him near the end of his life. Well, I am certainly in that mode. And that's why uh, this program exists. And uh, I'm a student of success, and I'm looking for people who are students of success. I'm looking for searchers and seekers of people who want to make their lives better, make their businesses better, make their relationships better, make their health better. And if you want to get better, this is the place to come to. If you enjoy this program, we're going to ask you to share it with your friends and encourage them to go to iTunes and subscribe for free. We're going to talk about success, and I think it's important that I define that. There's an awful lot of definitions of success or people who portray themselves as successful. And for me, it's not just economic success. Now, it is economic success, but that's just one piece of the puzzle. At Buffini and Company, our training organization, we have a logo that has five circles. And these five interconnected circles represent five key areas to life. Spiritual, the next interconnected circle is family and relationships. The next is business and career. The next is finances. And the last is personal, which would make up your physical and emotional well-being. And to me, that's what the good life is, and that's what true success is. You know, the, the old quote that says, what does it gain a man to, to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? There's many a person who's huge economic success, but has been through the five marriages. A huge business success, but the kids are disconnected and disjointed. And to me, that's really not where it's at. I've been at this a long time. I'm married with six kids. Our kids have gone on to do some great things. I have a, an older son who played college football. I have my uh, oldest daughter is a U.S. national champion in horse riding. And my other kids are all becoming achievers in their own right. And I just think the proof is in the pudding, not just in those achievements, but in the development of the character. I'll be speaking from those places. I'll be bringing to you content and information from those places, from someone who's been there, done that, lived it. And that's what this is all about. And I will bring to you a list of relationships that I have. Authors, speakers, entertainers, athletes, from uh, public life, you name it. Uh, I have been blessed over the past 30 years to meet so many phenomenal people. And I'm going to bring some of those folks to you. We've had some tremendous experiences in the past 20 years in coaching and training people and doing our events and had a chance to meet people like Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon, Jim Lovell, Apollo 13, all kinds of celebrities, all kinds of entertainers, all kinds of high-achieving people. We'll be bringing that information to you, too. Sometimes we'll have a go-down-memory lane, and you'll listen to an interview I did with somebody incredible, authors, presenters, 
And we're going to bring that to you. And our goal with this program is very simple. Is uh, We're not out to pitch a bunch of stuff. We're not out to sell a bunch of sponsorships. Our goal here is to produce world-class content to expand our influence to encourage as many people as we can. And all we ask of you is if you enjoy this program, is share it with your friends. Tell them to subscribe for free. That's all we're going to do. The podcast itself is to bring this content we've been distributing for the past 20 years to a broader audience. And this is a fantastic vehicle to do so. The core of what we're going to be talking about is going to be built around three distinct and separate platforms that all hold up this dynamic of true success. And it's mindset, motivation, and methodologies. Those are three pillars that I have discovered over the past 30 years as a searcher and a seeker for growth that really these are the three things that you can go to work on. These are the three things that you can influence. These are the three things that you can improve. And as you improve these different areas, the manifestation of it will be what shows up in your life, what shows up in your health, what shows up in your bank account. You know, everybody wants to get to heaven, but no one wants to die to get there. We are a a culture that's consumed by outcomes, but we rarely are willing to do the dirty work to get there. And so there is some dirty work. There is some boring stuff. There is some struggles. There is some challenges. That's what the real world of success looks like. And uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to roll up our our sleeves and get into the nitty-gritty. When we do interviews, we're going to talk to people about not just their victories, but also their struggles, also their setbacks. Uh, I believe I've learned more from my failures than I ever have from all the success. And we'll be digging into that, not only in my life, but in all the folks we bring to you. So we're very excited about this show. We're very excited that you've joined us. And I want to dive in right now and kind of cover mindset, motivation, and methodologies just to give you a little meat for the bones to kind of set the tone of what this show is going to be all about. Mindset is broken up into two different components. First, how you think, and then secondly, what you believe. How you think. And, and the how is a very important dynamic there. How you think. Famous uh, quote from the scripture says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. One of my favorite books by James Allen is a book called As a Man Thinketh. You know, I was at an event, must have been 30 years ago, and a man said on stage, you know, you can double your income as fast as you double your self-esteem. And I thought, well, that's a cool little line. That's kind of a neat little phrase. He was a Southern California guy. I was new to Southern California, and I thought, boy, these guys have a nice way with words. I can tell you this, 30 years later, that is absolutely true, because I have seen that in my own life. And that many times I worked hard to pursue success economically. Many times I worked night and day to improve my economic stature. But I can tell you this, it was when I went to work on myself as a man, develop my character, develop my thought life, put some techniques or routines or habits in place. That's when things changed. And the outcome was that the market saw more value in me. And as the market saw more value in me, the market compensated me more. Now, as I was compensated more, Again, some disciplines in place, some budgeting things and some boring stuff like that, some smart investment decisions. The next thing you know, you're a huge success. But the truth of the matter is, I went to work on myself. One of my mentors, uh, Jim Rohn, said, Mr. Buffini, you need to work harder on yourself than you do on your job, and you go from making a living to making a fortune. I can tell you that's what's happened to me. Again, lots of great information. There's a tremendous number of podcasts, there's a tremendous number of books and authors. 
and there's a lot of great information out there in the world, and I'm going to bring you as much of it as I can. But at the end of the day, you go to work on yourself, and that is ultimately the greatest opportunity there is in the marketplace. That's the greatest entrepreneurial opportunity for those of you who want to grow a business, is to grow yourself. So how you think. Changing how you think will change how you live. The next piece is what you believe. What do you believe? The first place to start with this is what do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about yourself? What talents do you actually think you have? We are all in the quietness of our own minds and in the quietness of our own hearts, very, very familiar with our own shortcomings. There's a little voice inside of every one of us that says you don't measure up, you're really not that good, you're going to get found out one day. Everybody has that little voice. But ultimately, what do you believe about yourself when it gets down to crunch time? We're going to examine that. We're going to examine to challenge you about the beliefs you have about yourself, sometimes limiting beliefs, sometimes beliefs that inhibit your opportunity to grow, sometimes beliefs you've embraced in response to what somebody said. Sometimes it's a careless word. You know, we've coached tens of thousands of people at Buffini Company over the past 20 years, and it's a careless word of a coach the careless word of a pastor, the careless word of a parent. Why can't you be more like your sister? I had a woman, 59 years of age, who spent her whole life trying to disprove her dead father that she'd never amount to anything. Oh, you'll never amount to anything. That's what he told her when she was nine years old. A year later, he gets into a car wreck. So from the age of nine to 59, 50 years of her life, she's trying to prove her dead father wrong. Now, guess what? This woman had great talents. She had great abilities. We coached her up. We helped her. And here's what happened. Every time she reached a level of success, she would completely find a way to self-sabotage. Sometimes it was a careless investment. On one occasion, it was a very careless marriage. But she always found a way to undermine her own success. Why? Because in the back of her mind, she truly believed a statement as a nine-year-old girl that I'm never going to amount to anything. It took a little longer in our coaching process to help her out. It took a little more effort to get her through that process. Here's what I will tell you today. Today, that woman is 64 years of age and a multimillionaire. But ultimately, she had to go work on herself. She had to go address that belief she had come to believe about herself as a nine-year-old girl. I'm going to say this to you. We all have beliefs about ourselves that are both true and false. It is the brave that are willing to search. It is the brave that are willing to take a look and sometimes go into the messy closet and go organize those closets and go put some good stuff in there and get some good input. Sometimes hear things we don't want to hear. But ultimately, you value yourself like that. You grow yourself like that. The sky's the limit. So what do you believe about yourself? What, what do you believe in your philosophy? Uh, I saw a survey recently that said uh, 48% of millennials believe the American dream is dead. Okay, you know what we say at home when we hear something like that. More beer for us. Okay, that's stinking thinking. You know, not just a, a series of platitudes here. Dr. Thomas Stanley, who wrote The Millionaire Next Door and a later book, The Millionaire Mind, showed that almost 80% of millionaires in America in the last 20 years are first-generation immigrants. People who came here were nothing. They don't believe the American dream is dead. And because of their philosophy and what they believe, they see opportunity everywhere. So there's people walking around going, there's no opportunity. And there's people who are going around saying there's lots of opportunity. It's everywhere. Who's going to win? 
I mean, if you walk around, if your philosophy is you can't get ahead, it's got to be a Democrat or it's got to be a Republican, otherwise I'm in trouble. Uh, the government has to do this. The, the climate has to do that. The world markets have to do this. And, and we find excuses all the time for anything other than examining ourselves in the mirror. Let me tell you, this is the kind of program we're going to strip down naked in front of the mirror and say, here's who we are and here's what we are. We're going to talk about what you believe. I'm going to talk about what I believe. I'm going to share with you how I've had beliefs change in my life. Things I held true. When I was growing up in Dublin, grew up on the south side, we didn't have a lot of money. And the mindset in the neighborhood I was in, I was in a little bit of a tough neighborhood. The fact is, when a fancy car went down the street, the guys on the corner would be, they would say these things out loud. I wonder who that guy had to screw over to get that. Because the prevailing philosophy was, if somebody had more than everybody else, he had to have been dishonest. He had to have screwed the deal. He had to have worked some kind of less than ethical process to get above the rest of us. I've seen the studies done on the poorest segments in America where a third of the people believe you had to be lucky to be successful. That's a philosophy. That's a philosophy. You have to be in the right place at the right time to be successful. You have to inherit your money. Those things. Here's the key. If that's somebody's philosophy, that will be somebody's result. There are many, many people who work very, very, very hard every day at their jobs. But most people don't make their job themselves. And if you work on yourself, like Jim Rohn told me, you'll go from making a living to making a fortune. The last piece is what you believe spiritually. Spiritually, not just in the context of what we would call religion, but in the spiritual components of your own life. Now, for me, my faith plays a huge part in my life. But what you believe spiritually. So what do you believe about yourself? What do you believe? What's your philosophy? And ultimately, what do you believe spiritually? These are cornerstones for where you're going. Now, a couple of dynamics in regards to mindset. It's like, okay, people think I was born this way. My family of origin was this way. Many people have had to endure very, very difficult childhoods and things like that. Am I done? Okay, I was dropped on my head as a child, therefore this is my lot in life. Well, the beautiful thing about it is that's not the case. We can reprogram the main circuits. And inside what we think and in our belief systems, there's a way to rewire and upgrade. We're going to hold on to those things we need to, and we're going to upgrade those things we need to upgrade and let go of those things we need to let go of. Three different ways to do this that I've discovered in my journey for success is intake, associations, and affirmations, those things we say to ourselves. So the intake. First of all, what are you reading? What are you listening to? And what are you watching? So Mark Twain said it best. He said, the man who does not read good books has no advantage over the man who can't read them at all. The fact of the matter is there are many people who are literate but live an illiterate lifestyle because they don't take the time to read. Oh, by the way, in our world today... We read social media and we read text. We'll read our phone. The average person is supposedly looks at their phone a hundred times a day. But the fact of the matter is, there's many people don't even crack a book anymore. Are you literate, but a practicing illiterate? I can tell you this. The books I've read, the people I've met, and the things I've said to myself are the things that have made the difference from me being an immigrant with 92 bucks to being a guy that can retire at the age of 40 and never work another day in his life. Second is, uh, what are you listening to? Now, I'm so delighted you're listening to this, but I, I'd encourage you to be putting the good stuff in. 
Reading is the highest form of intake. Listening is the second form. The third is watching. Now, we do a lot more watching than anything else, but watching actually produces the least amount of transformational change. It does not rewire the neural pathways in the brain nearly as much as reading and listening does. And so it's probably 15% of what you'd get from reading. It's about 20% of what you would get from listening. So read, listen, and watch. That's how you change your intake. And what are you watching? You know, you won't get to be a millionaire from watching who wants to be a millionaire. You won't keep up with anybody if you're just keeping up with the Kardashians. You know, it's, it's what are you watching? What are you watching? What are you tooling around on? Again, I watch programs. I watch things for entertainment purposes. I'll watch things for inspiration. I love to watch movies. You'll hear me, every guest I interview here, I'll always ask them, what's the movie they've watched over and over again? I'll ask them what book they've read that's really uh, influenced them. You'll hear me talk about music, another form of intake. What music do they listen to? What song or artist has really impacted them? And, you know, it's interesting. I've been asking those questions for a lot of years. It's wild how you think you know someone and then they'll tell you what movie they watch and what book they have garnered from or what song has really meant a lot to them. It just gives this different perspective. I've also gotten exposed to some pretty good stuff that way, too. We'll be doing lots of that. Associations. I got this at an early age from my mother. She used to say this, Brian, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. That's what she used to say. Show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. You know, I hated that as a kid. But I can tell you, half a century later, she was right. The fact of the matter is, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. There are many, many, many examples and many, many books that have been written about the associations we have and how they elevate us or how they tear us down. And we're going to talk about that. You want to be elevating your associations. You want to be elevating yourself with people, not just economically, but people who think differently, people who who are actually thinkers, people who actually add something to your life. You want to grow in your health? Go hang out with someone who's real fit and healthy. You want to figure out the money thing? Don't meet with someone and offer them a business proposition. Go to lunch with them and ask them for input. And how do they get there? That's really where the value is. Mentoring. I love this quote uh, from John C. Crosby, who was a, a Massachusetts congressman in the 1890s. And he said, mentoring is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, and a push in the right direction. And that's what we all need. And that's ultimately, I, I love to do that. I love to help in that capacity. We have a coaching company that does that. We need those associations. We'll also be talking about affirmations. Now, affirmations have been kind of poo-pooed a lot. And uh, Saturday Night Live does the skits, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Well, I'm not exactly talking about that type of affirmation, but I am talking about this. What do you say inside? What do you say inside? You'll be meeting people like Shad Helmstetter, who's a good friend of mine who wrote a fabulous book years ago called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. The fact of the matter is, you change the internal dialogue, you change the external applications. Bill Johnson, who was a famous author, said, you won't have to watch what you say if you watch what you think. Put the good stuff into yourself. Garbage in, garbage out. Everybody knows that phrase. But what's the opposite? And the opposite is, if you put the good stuff in, the good stuff comes out. So hopefully this will be a source of good stuff for you. The second major element is motivation. Motivation's a big deal. You need energy, enthusiasm, inspiration, all the above. Now, another mentor and great friend of mine was Zig Ziglar. He had a phrase because he would take a lot of heat about being America's motivator, he was called. And he said, you know, people often say that motivation doesn't last. He goes, well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. Here's the thing about Zig. He's so right. 
one of the reasons why so many people give up on motivation is that it doesn't last. Folks, it's not designed to last. Just like one meal is not designed to last. Oh, I did the motivation thing and now I'm done. It's got to be something you put on every day. I believe motivation is like brushing your teeth. Best done morning at night. We'll talk about that. We'll bring motivating characters to you. We'll bring motivating content to you. And we're going to expose you to a world of motivation that'll get you fired up and hopefully keep you fired up. One of the ways to best stay motivated is goals and having written goals. Less than 3% of the population has written goals. Well, I've certainly done my part. Over the last 20 plus years, I've trained over 3 million people. And during every single session I've ever done in my career, I've had people set goals. Why is that? Because the first time I got exposed to goal setting, it changed my life. I got to attend an event with the great Lou Tice, who was the head of the Pacific Institute. And Lou passed away here a couple of years ago. But he exposed me to the concept of writing goals. And I wrote a goal for the first time in my life, and it changed my life. I'd never heard of a goal. And I, here I was, new immigrant, and I wrote a set of goals with Lou Tice. And within 90 days, I was in a different spot than I was before. I'm still a goal setter today, but I'm going to share with you. Goals are ultimately the purest form of motivation. Now, uh, what they do is they create a picture. And I'll tell you a little story. There's a gal actually from San Diego, born here in the early 1900s. Her name was Florence Chadwick. And this gal was a pioneer. She was an American swimmer. She swam across Mission Bay at 10 years of age, which is a very, very difficult swim. She's the first woman to ever swim the English Channel, and she actually did it in both directions. Now, in 1952, a swim that was easier than the Channel swim was from Catalina Island to the coastline of California. And if you ever get a chance, it's a beautiful place. Boats leave out of there every day to bring you to Catalina. It's a very cool place. So the water's a little chilly, chillier than most people think. So she gets into this boat. It's 26 miles between Catalina and the coastline of California. So she's flanked by the small boats that watch for sharks and are prepared to help her out if she got hurt or needs food or whatever else. So she's swimming. And she's in the cold. They've got, literally, they've got guys with guns to shoot sharks that come close by. So she's gone through all of this arduous training. She's going through this arduous swim. She's 15 hours in the water. That's a long time to be in the water. And as happens here, especially in the summertime, the marine layer came in. It's a thick fog. And what happened is she could no longer see the coastline. And all of a sudden, she starts tying up. She starts nodding up. And her mother, who was in the boat with her, she said, I got to stop. I got to stop. And they kept encouraging her, kept encouraging her. And they said, you're only a mile away. You're only a mile away. She's done 25 miles. She's a mile away from finishing her destination. Super accomplished person. But she just, everything left her. And they pull her out of the boat. And she's just devastated by this. And she said, I just couldn't see my goal. I couldn't see my goal. And because I couldn't see where I was going, all my energy was sapped. Now, it was just a couple months later that she went and did it again. And by the way, the exact same thing happened. She was just a couple of miles away, and the thick moraine layer came in again. But now she had a mental picture in her mind of the coastline of California and exactly where she was going to land when she reached the beach. And she reached that swim, and she was the first person to ever swim from Catalina to the coastline. 
The fact of the matter is we need goals and goals, written goals and pictures responding to those goals, goals boards. If you ever tour Buffini and Company, you'll see hundreds of employees who have goal boards surrounding where they work and they have pictures of what they're trying to achieve and what they're trying to get done. We want to be able to see the coastline, especially when things get tough. The next part of that motivation is the attitude. And we're going to talk about how to have a great attitude and how to keep a great attitude. And by the way, it comes and goes all the time. People say to me, Brian, you have a great attitude all the time. No, I don't. Talk to my wife, Beverly. I have a great attitude most of the time. And why? I work at it. There's a mental diet. There's your physical well-being. And there's your energy management. Those three things make up having a great attitude. We'll be exploring all these things on The Brian Buffini Show. You know, famous German painter Herm Albright said this, a positive attitude may not solve all your problems, but it will annoy enough people to make it worth your while. So if nothing else, do it to tick people off. That's the way the Irish think. So we have the mindset, how we think and what we believe. You know, we have the motivation, which is having those goals and those, the right positive attitude. But then you also got to have methodologies. You have to. Again, Jim Rohn had one of my all-time favorite quotes. He goes, motivation alone is not enough. He said, if you have an idiot and you motivate him, now you just have a motivated idiot, okay? So you got to go do something. And there's some people who are addicted to every show and every podcast and every book and every seminar, and they're just super fired up, enthusiastic people, but they never actually do anything. And that's not my audience. That's not who I'm after. I'm looking for folks who are real searchers, who are real seekers, who want to change their life for the better who are willing to hear information and try it, who are willing to, okay, dude recommended a book. I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to read that. I'm going to try that out. And I'm going to try to apply some of this stuff. That's who I'm after. Okay? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. I want to be around people of good actions. And that's where the methodologies come in. You got to have good routines, solid habits, and then systems that support you. That's where the methodologies come from. Routines, you know, personal routines, business routines, workout routines, you know, guidelines for marriage, dating routines, you name it. You've got to have some routines that turn habitual. And you, I'll introduce you to some of the best in the world. Uh, best-selling author Tony Schwartz wrote a book called The Power of Full Engagement, all about what sets the highest achievers apart from others. And it's all about these routines that he calls rituals. They've routinized their life to such a degree. They have these rituals in their life and achieve at very, very high levels. Uh, Charles Dug wrote a fabulous book called The Power of Habit. You'll get a chance to hear from him. We'll be talking about systems. We have a little acrostic when I'm teaching on stage where I go, systems are save yourself time, energy, money. The systems are those practical things that you can rely on that support you. So routines, habits, systems. You know, Warren Buffett in an interview recently was asked about what the future holds. And he goes, the future for America, the future for success is productivity. You know, there's countries in Europe that want to have the same outcome as Germany. For example, when I was touring Greece and speaking in Greece, the Greeks were constantly using the Germans as a measuring stick. And they wanted the same benefits and the same lifestyle and the same amount of time off as the Germans. But here's the thing. The Greeks are 40% less productive as the Germans. You want to be successful, you got to be productive. And so Warren Buffett said the key to the future of success was all about productivity. And he goes, productivity is a function of training, systems, and motivation. And training, well, that's the mindset piece. Okay, the motivation, we've talked about that. And the systems, that's the methodology piece. 
And so that's what we're going to try to bring you. At the end of the day, folks, mindset is what gives you direction. Motivation provides the driving force, and then the methodology sustain you. So you don't just, you're like a rocket that burns out. You're like a Roman candle or or just a firecracker. You burn out quick. You want the direction, you want the drive, and you want to be sustained. That's what we're going to endeavor to do at the Brian Buffini Show. And we're going to bring you the best of the best. I've got great content I want to share with you. We're going to repurpose some content from time to time, whether it be Neil Armstrong's interview or some of my favorite guests I've had in my last uh, 20 years of presenting and speaking. We're going to bring people into the studio and you're going to get a different cut from even maybe people you know well. You're going to hear a slant on an interview that maybe you haven't before. It's going to be down to the nitty gritty. We're going to get the real story on success. I'll finish with this. A few years ago, I was invited to be at a presentation of a major TV network, and they had some authors on stage. And initially, I was going to be part of this panel, and based on the discussions, I decided I was just going to sit it out and and watch. And there were a couple of friends of mine who were part of that panel, all best-selling authors, all on success. So Larry King was doing the interview, and he said uh, to each one of them, have you ever had a bad day? And in front of a studio audience and in front of millions of people watching in, one by one, each one of these motivators were trying to do, I'm sure, the best they could. But they each said, one after the other, no, I've never had a bad day. And I remember being in that audience and just being sick to my stomach because I thought to myself, man, these guys don't even know the damage they've just done. Because there are so many people watching this show who think, oh my God, there's something wrong with me because I've had a lot of bad days. Oh my God, you know, the number one prescribed medicine in the Western hemisphere are antidepressants. Yet these dudes have never had a bad day. And I talked to two of them afterwards. And I said, you know, it's interesting. I said, by the way, you've had a bad day because you were with me one day when you had a bad day. And I know you were trying to be positive and I know you were trying to be encouraging, but unintentionally, you've just depressed a bunch of folks because folks are walking around going, there's something wrong with me. The fact of the matter is, on the Brian Buffini show, we're going to keep it real. We're going to talk about the good. We're going to talk about the bad. We're going to talk about the nitty gritty. We're going to talk about the peaks, but we're also going to talk about the valleys. I'll be happy to share my peaks and valleys with you. The good news is I've lived a lot of life. In the airplane business, they'd say I'm a high time aircraft. In the uh, automobile business, they'd say I've burned a lot of rubber on the tires. And so I'm going to share with you not from just my successes. I'm going to share with you from my struggles, from the challenges, and then what to do about it. When guests come into the studio, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have real conversations with real people about the highs, the lows, and what to do about it. If you're looking for more success in your life and you want to embrace mindset, motivation, and methodologies to get there, then The Brian Buffini Show, I hope, is a regular destination for you. If you enjoy this program, I want you to share it with your friends. Our goal is to influence as many folks as we can that there's a good life out there waiting for you. So as I finish here today, I'm going to leave you with a little blessing, an Irish blessing that my grandfather always said. May the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time.